Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. America's fastest-growing TV brand, TCL, brings you Mackie and Judd. Gorgie sets the high screen to free Jimmy for the three! Can they take advantage? Butler pulls up, throws it! Wolf back on top by two! Gentlemen, we have reached peak Timberwolves. When was the founding? When, when was the first game? 1987? 89. 89. November of 89. I believe it was in Seattle against the Sonics. Okay. Correct. So it's been 29 years of Timberwolves mostly Sam Mitchell dysfunction. scored the first bucket, if I remember correctly. Look at that. We need to take Manny to sports trivia, to bar <laughs> trivia. We think we know a lot about sports, and then Manny comes onto the show, and he's like, yeah. That little detail from 20 years ago? I know that. <laughs> but it, as dysfunctional as this franchise has been, and as many embarrassing moments as this franchise has gone through, this is peak Timberwolves, where yeah. you 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 get to the point where you make the playoffs for the first time in in thirteen years, and through that process, having having reached the the best moment that you've reached since Kevin Garnett was here, you've alienated your generationally great young talent. You're on the verge of blowing up another front office and coach. And the star player that you brought in for a bunch of young assets is demanding a trade to one of three teams with six days before your first practice for the season. Bravo! And your dysfunction, my God! And your dysfunction is is so so complete that you don't know who can end it. Who's gonna well, solve? Who's gonna solve this? Who's gonna Who's gonna take care of this problem? And we've talked about Derek James and I and New Raised by Wolves posted up on uh, 1500ESPN.com, by the way, and Podcast One. Uh, Jace Frederick joined us for a good half an hour to talk about all this, so check that out if you can. little shameless plug no, for my podcast. No, no but, it's all good. But Derek has talked about this several times, that if you look at this, it uh, there, there's almost no... There's almost nothing that can be done here that is actually like good. Well, okay, yeah, let's let's rewind 24 hours ago on this very show. I think it was this exact segment. That there's three true outcomes. That there's there's only three true outcomes and all three are going to happen. And this is before the Jimmy Butler trade demand, but we said Carl Anthony Towns has to stay. He's going to stay. I mean, it's tumultuous right now, but he has to stay. Number 2, Jimmy Butler has to be traded. You have to trade him. And now he's he's forcing it because now he's the one demanding it. And then mm-hmm. the third thing is Tom Thibodeau is going to get fired. And I don't know if Tom Thibodeau is going to get fired this week, but this will be the end of Tom Thibodeau, I would think. Because I think it's the beginning of the end. I mean, like his his what's you know, what's what was his unique selling proposition that 
I know Jimmy Butler, and we're going to expedite the growing process here, and we're going to sell off a bunch of young pieces and bring in one of the top 15 players in the NBA and pair him with two blossoming young stars, and then all of that's going to happen and bring the Wolves closer to Western Conference prominence, but the risk was always the window is short because Jimmy Butler's contract ends after the 2018-19 season, and the Warriors are a great dynasty. So they ran this risk when they made this trade. Yeah. It was exciting. It 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 chopped three years off the winning curve. They were just all of a sudden they were just a relevant team in the Western Conference. They were an, almost a fifty win team, but the risk was always Jimmy Butler can go wherever he wants to. He's got all the leverage, and the Warriors are one of the greatest teams in the history of the NBA, and they're not going away either. And here we are. And so here's what we yep. here's what we did not know when we applauded this trade, and what we know now. But Tibbs knew it and ignored it. Jimmy Butler is a hell of a basketball player, and he is a first-class competitor, get-in-your-face type of guy. But he was way more me-first than we thought or knew. Krasinski flat-out told us that part of the problem here is this, and, and Phil, until today, I had no idea about this. Butler wanted the Wolves in June or July to give him to renegotiate his contract immediately Give him five years, $160 million contract. And the Wolves said flat out, well, we can do that legally, but the problem is then we're going to have to trim guys who are helping us win right now. We have to clear cap space. Because we, we would have to clear cap Wait, space this was, for you. This was a year ago? No, this was this, this, this offseason. I didn't think they could offer him a five-year deal. I didn't either, but I guess they could have. And I guess they could have done it, and and Butler basically tried to force their hand, and they said, no, Jimmy, it makes no sense. We're going to offer you the four-year deal. And the reality is it would have meant that they would have had to trade some of their bigger contracts like Gorgie Jang. Good luck with moving that contract right now. Or or like a Jeff Teague or a Taj Gibson or something like that just to, to clear themselves up enough money so that they could renegotiate with Jimmy. Yeah. So, and, okay, let's go down this path then. Okay, so because the Wolves, is it because they didn't want to run into luxury tax issues? That they would just be and trade guys who who they, they perceived as being valuable assets for the coming season. So why couldn't they have if if it was more about long term security? And I and I think and from what we've heard behind the scenes, it has way more to do with other things like clashing with Towns and doesn't like Wiggins as a teammate. I mean, there's a lot of layers here. But mm-hmm. okay, if if they would have gone gone down this path of Jimmy Butler five year or four year extension. Uh, whatever the rules would have allowed, but that means yeah, I got to say goodbye to a Jeff Teague because we're just not going to go. Correct. We're not going to go luxury tax bonkers here. Okay, well then Tyus Jones is the starting point guard. I don't give a rip. I'm like Jeff Teague's fine, but he's not a twenty million dollar. Jeff Teague's not one of the ten best point guards in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Was that what was the sticking point there that they just didn't want to trade away Gorgie Jang? I, th- I think it was a matter of I could have seen it been a matter of just Tibbs not wanting to almost have to gut the roster to do it. And I mean, if you're talking about trying to trade Gorgie Jang, I mean, your Gorgie's contract is unmovable, man. Like he had you'd have bad, to attach a pick to it just yeah. to yeah. But he, he had a bad season last year. He's making seventeen million dollars a year, and Gorgie Jang has zero value. But for Jimmy, right now. Jimmy also could have have basically said, okay, if you won't do that, I'll wait a year. And if the wolves and and by the way, if the wolves' stance was you're turning twenty nine, you're hurt a lot, and, and we have serious reservations about rewarding you with a long term contract, then if you're the wolves, you get that out there. 
you get that out there to the public to know. Because right now, everything looks like Butler is dr- is driving this bus completely. But it just, I think it comes back to the fact that Jimmy Butler largely, and I, I'm not surprised, is in this for himself. And so all of this, we thought that he was going to yeah. come and help Towns and Wiggins, and he was going to be this conduit, was pie in the sky. Yeah, and you know what? It was It was a really fun year. I mean, it's one of the handful of fun years, there's not that many, in Timberwolves <laughs> franchise history. I can probably only name maybe one other year that was really fun. Yeah. There was a couple of fun. I think the build of the, the KG Marbury era was fun. The first, the first two playoff seasons were really fun. Yeah. Then they ran into playoff plateau. Yeah. Yeah. The first year was fun. Yeah. Well, the, the, the first. Under Mussy, they won some games. Uh, yeah. Manny and I were three years old. I was, Manny wasn't I was, even born yet. I was, five, I was in the Metrodome five, Fort, okay. baby. I was five going on six in that first inaugural season at the Dome. <laughs> um, like, I... I totally understand Jimmy Butler's desire to go play with veteran stars, and I'm sure he wants to pair with Kyrie Irving. And I even understand why he's annoyed by Carl Anthony Towns, and I don't like Andrew Wiggins as a player either. So like I, just from that perspective, having full objectivity, totally get it. But two things go back on Jimmy that I really that rubbed me the wrong way. Number one, be a better leader. Okay, you came in here, yep, and you had a chance. You if if you if you played your cards right as a leader, you had a chance to mold yourself to one of the great young big men in the NBA. If you could have if he could have treated that relationship with Carl Anthony Towns like a five or ten year relationship slash partnership into another contract, if they could have made that thing work, and you know, some of it's probably on Towns too, but you know what? There's one adult in that room between the two of them, and it's Jimmy Butler. And secondly, have some decency to at least demand a trade a month ago, right? I mean that. Yeah, that that was my thing, oh, Judd. Remember, I brought that up. Yeah, last hour. Why the hell well, didn't this happen in? Why the hell didn't this conversation happen in June or July? But I, I'm just thinking out loud here. I do, and Do- Doogie brought this up as well. I wonder now if in May or June. The wolves were given hints and or or flat out told this. The writing was on the wall and, and dragged their feet. And so the Butler camp, which basically loves to flow stuff out there already, the Butler camp said, "Okay, if you're not going to address this now, then we're going to demand it five days out of training yeah. camp." It's a good thing they have a really level-headed, common-sense leader in charge to smooth all this over, though, right? In Tom Thibodeau, and that's, and that's the other Scott problem Layton. that we're looking at too is that Judd, like you said, maybe the signs were there, and Tibbs just said. Uh, Jimmy's Jimmy's my guy. We're gonna get this work. You think out. he includes no, himself no... in a trade to the Clippers? It's, uh, uh, me, to me, me and Jimmy for uh... there... it would go be Doc's assistant again. Phil, there's nothing that the Wolves can say in coming out to try and explain this that that will absolve Tibbs. In my mind, he's culpable for this whole thing. Yeah, let's talk more about the Tibbs angle when we come back. And, and actually, put yourself in Tom Thibodeau's shoes here. Not that mm-hmm. we should feel bad for him because he came in here bull in a china shop, and this is he wanted Jimmy Butler, and all of this has blown up in his face, which. The residue also lands on Glenn Taylor, too, because Glenn Taylor's the one who oversees everything, culturally hiring and everything. But uh, putting yourself in Tom Thibodeau's shoes right now is, a, is an interesting experiment. And open phone lines, 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Who is most to blame for this mess? And what should the Wolves do going forward? Let's talk. Dot com. What is it you're trying to say? Now, back to Mackie and Judd. What? On 1500 ESPN. 
Quick look at your traffic here from the TCL Broadcast Studios. This traffic update is brought to you by the Better Business Bureau. We have a crash, 35W northbound uh, between Diamond Lake Road and 60th Street in Richfield. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Also, uh, US 212 westbound between 494 and Prairie Center Drive in Eden Prairie. Uh, got a crash there as well, so be on the lookout for that. Join Better Business Bureau at the Torch Awards for Ethics. BBC's Torch Award embodies Better Business Bureau's mission of advancing trust in the marketplace. 14 businesses will be honored at U.S. Bank Stadium October 24th. Purchase tickets at bbb.org slash Minnesota. Man, thanks, Manny. So, Mackie and Judd here. We can take your calls. Who do you? Who are you the most upset with now that Jimmy Butler has publicly demanded a trade? Six days before training camp starts for the Timberwolves, who are you most upset with? Is it Glenn Taylor? Is it Tom Thibodeau? Is it is it Towns? Is it Butler? Six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. But Judd, let's go back two years ago. You and I were absolutely a hundred percent on board, if not even giddy, over Glenn Taylor's decision to hire Tom Thibodeau. Mm-hmm. And now that we look back in retrospect, I guess I'll just speak for myself. It's like top three most wrong I've ever been standing in front of a microphone. I mean, we are we have a lot of chances to be wrong, and we're wrong a lot. It is top three most wrong I've ever been, that, that Tom Thibodeau was the perfect hire for the Timberwolves because here we sit two years later with three guaranteed years left on his contract, and it is a smoldering fire downtown Minneapolis. It's not even smoldering. It's just a blaze. It's it completely is, yeah. a blaze. It, yeah. It's uh, it's. 10 stories. Uh, Okay, so the one thing where I fault myself of not slowing down at that point and saying, hold on a second here, there might be a flaw, is not that they hired him as coach. It's the full control thing. I know better. I saw it in football. Having full control is a bad idea. Having And and I guess the fact that, that Tibbs was the hot name out there at the time and that we looked at the hire, you're like, okay, they gave him full control, but, you know, the roster's not that big and... That is, and Tibbs, the coach, actually, I don't love him, but I don't think that he's a complete dumpster fire. Tibbs, the executive, is should probably should have probably been fired yeah. uh, three months ago. But Tibbs, I would even argue, Tibbs, the coach, okay, in two years, keeping in mind, too, the talent you had on the court. Carl Anthony Towns is one of the best players in the NBA. Jimmy Butler, when he's on the court, is one of the best players in the NBA, okay? When you have two of those guys in in, in the league, 47, was it 47 wins? Is that what it was? 30, 48? 31 40, to 47. 40, 47. 47, wins. 47 yeah, okay. 16, Honest to God, wins. Manny Hill could have coached that team to 47 wins. If you have Jimmy well, Butler and Carl Anthony Towns and a bunch of solid veterans, 47 wins is not that impressive as a coach. I, I look at it like this. You know, when, when Tibbs was hired two years ago, I thought, and I think I even mentioned this to you guys yesterday. When he was first hired, I thought, okay, I know what happened. I know what happened in Chicago. But he took a year off and maybe, you know, he went around and visited with some teams and maybe he sort of changed his ways. But what have we seen since he's been here? The rumor, you know, there was talk about he played his starters too much. What 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 did we talk about all last season? Played his starters too much. Mm-hmm. He was going to go get all of his old Bulls guys. What has he done? <laughs> all of his old Bulls he, guys. He went and got all of his old Bulls guys. So well, now, he's, now he's losing one. The, the, so he's going to have to make up for that somewhere. There was a fear that he was going to trade Ricky Rubio when he was first hired. And what happened? He traded Ricky Rubio. Now, I mean, we can debate over whether that was the right move or not. Yeah. I tend to still be okay with moving Ricky, but that's a whole other situation. 
And there was also a talk that he was not going to be patient with young players. Ding, ding, ding. So everything that, at least from my perspective, everything that I was skeptical about with Tom with Tom Thibodeau has come into fruition. Yeah, I'll, I'll add another one, that he's a short shelf life guy that burns everybody out in the organization within four years, or in this Bingo. case, within 12 months. As an, exec- Bingo. as an executive, though, he is inept. As, as, a, a co- as a coach, you can find definite flaws. As an executive, yeah. he had no business getting that job, and that's where I fault myself for not being like, I really should yeah. think this through more. And your primary job, I would even argue as a coach, your primary job, but for sure as as a front office executive, your primary job is leader of people. You are a leader <laughs> mm-hmm. of people. Your, your, your job isn't meant to be in, a, in an isolated film room and just grunt, grunting your way through an office. And If your two best players are not getting along, it is your job to find a way to get for them to get along. Shaq and Kobe did not get along in Los Angeles. It was Phil Jackson's job to make sure that they got along enough yeah. to win championships. And, the, and they was were able punching to do that. teammates for God's sake. Enough yes. being the absolute keyword. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, right. I hate to even like, you know, not it's, it's, it's unfair to even bring flip Saunders name up here, but like, it's cause you, you miss flip Saunders for a million different reasons. And, mm-hmm. but it's like, how contrasting is it? And what would the path have looked like if, if, I'll tell you if, what, he doesn't make the Jimmy trade. He doesn't. He does oh, not never. make the Jimmy Butler not trade. Not a million years. Yeah. No. Uh, 651-646-8255. Who are you most upset with right now? Let's start with Mike and Prior Lake. You're on Mackie and Judd, Mike. Hey, thanks for, for taking my call. And I want to say I love having you guys on from 3 to 6. So it's a great change. You made me flip over the dial. So. Thank Mike, you. thank you, man. We appreciate that. Hey, you bet. Hey, in my mind, and I had a chance a couple of years ago to talk to Glenn Taylor for about 25 minutes or so about business and stuff. He's a super nice guy, but he is a train wreck as an owner, and I think the blame lies with him. He has made us the Cleveland Browns of the NBA. Um, I, don't even, I don't even know if I even want the team here anymore, frankly. Um, you know, I don't know how you can look across from a 21-year-old kid and look him in the eyes and say, are you going to try hard? And then go, yep, I'm going to give you $150 million because you promised me you would. Um, if you go back over the years, Glenn Taylor's made just a litany of bad decisions, bad hiring decisions, bad choices. Um, i got to blame him. And I agree with you, Thibodeau is a mess. Um, and he's made a lot of mistakes, and he's got to go. But frankly, as far as I'm concerned, I don't give a snot about the NBA. There's about three uh, fan bases that should really care. And the rest of us should find something else to do with our winter hours. It's just it's, it's, the players are actually wrecking the league. Mike, thank you Thanks, for, the, Mike. for the words and for the phone call. But come on. This is so much fun. This is <laughs> you this dysfun- this dysfunction and, is so much fun. Well, and and yeah. I don't know. If- yes, I do. Yes, I this do. This is Judd's Christmas, damn it. This yeah. whole like the, this week with Daniel Carlson. Yes, and with this is one of the best Miller. weeks of my forty eight years is on this godforsaken. I, I don't. I don't know if the play. I, I don't know if I agree with the players wrecking the league. I mean, that's just this is the way the league is. And you know what? In terms of popularity, the league is about as popular as it's ever been. And in terms of the depth of talent, it's it's not hurting the league. The league is fine. Uh, this is and and now the rest of NBA, you know, Rumorville is going to feast on this for the next week or two. Usually, this is this was the Wolves a couple of years ago, but on the positive side, oh my God, they're going to get Jimmy Butler. This is great. Yeah. And now it's like, oh God, can they just at least get a first round pick in a situation <laughs> where they have very little leverage? Uh, Henry, you're on the show. Welcome. Thanks. So, in uh, Adam Silver's NBA, 
the money that you can pay a player doesn't matter. Uh, hence, Derrick Rose signed his $2 million contract here and his $14 million from Adidas kicked in. You know, he, he, what he makes from the Wolves doesn't matter. If you have a star, you have to treat them, you have to throw logic out the window, uh, you know, compared to most employers. You have to just treat them however they want to be treated. Carl Towns should have a, a mural on the side of the Star Tribune building. There should be billboards everywhere talking about how great he is. And it feels weird. I, we don't, no one says that about me. No one says that about Bill Mackey or Judd Zolgad or Manny Hill. But we, 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 Andrew, we had ballsy billboards there for a couple of years. Okay, so you uh, play your role. About you guys, you know, I'm just saying, like, it. You have to treat these guys. You can't just say, "Oh, we can pay Jimmy, Jimmy, uh, 160 million, and everybody else can pay him 110." That doesn't matter because Jimmy is going to make money from Nike and from whoever. It's it's all about catering to your stars, and the more stars you have, the more multiplicative it gets. You know, you have to, and if you're in a small market, that adds another factor. You have to work even harder because you don't have the LA factor yeah. for you. So well, I blame a combo platter of Taylor and Tibbs, and you know, it's 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 you have to be like a college coach, yet you don't have them, you know, trapped by transfer rules. They can leave whenever they want, and the fact that we're not seeing it really bothers me. Uh, Henry, it's a it's, it's a good point, but and and let's just say that because money ultimately, you know, the Wolves can pay Jimmy Butler a ton of money, and other teams can pay. So let's let's wipe money off the board here. It's about winning, and I believe I believe Jimmy Butler and his agent and some of these leak stories that it's about he he's in the prime of his career, and he senses through injury and through just looking at the calendar. Okay, I've only got a limited window here to win a championship, so mm-hmm. I totally get that side of it. But if you're Jimmy. Did he ever even try to make it work with Carl Anthony Towns, or did he just get annoyed because Towns is young and maybe he doesn't work bit, as hard as me? Like, or, or yeah, or, and, or whatever I, it might be. I think the same thing happened. In 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 retrospect, this was a tell, and we ignored it. Look at Butler's last year in Chicago. Hoiberg mm-hmm. and that young team annoyed him, but we all thought, well, once he's back with Tibbs, it's going to be great. Ultimately, Butler and Tibbs have no patience. Now the problem is Butler can have no patience and go elsewhere and win, and that's fine. Because it was basically, in Chicago, it was basically Jimmy and D-Wade against Rondo, another veteran, and, like, all the young guys right. on the team. But in Tibbs' case, look at the most successful NBA coaches now and look at what they do to, if not cater then, to keep guys happy. And Tibbs is coaching in 1986. And Steve Kerr is coaching in 2018, and it's and, that and, simple. And the Warriors might seem like an unfair example because they've won three of the last four titles, but they've won three of the last four titles. And yes, they are super deep in talent, and they have four of the top 20 players in the league, but the way you make all of those talented guys work together is you have a way to galvanize everybody and get them to be or on Brad, the same page. There Brad was a Stevens. reason why Kevin Durant... Wanted to go there, and not just because it was the easiest path to a, to a championship. It was because he liked the culture and the 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 attitude towards being a team and working together. Like he that brought him in, and that's the culture that the Warriors have. You have to have that sort of culture. So let me ask you guys this: When we come back here, do you think do you think Tom Thibodeau will actually trade Jimmy Butler? <laughs> Hold your answers because. 
Because I see uh, you, John Krasinski was on the show earlier, and Johnny Kate just tweeted a little while ago that sources are telling him that Tom Thibodeau is hesitant to actually pull the trigger <laughs> on this demanded trade. We'll get to that when we come back. 651-646-8255. Rich Gannon in 45 minutes. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Just a reminder, this station does not endorse this. On 1500 ESPN. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. Okay, then. On 1500 ESPN. Uh, yeah, if you guys get a chance out there, listeners, to uh, if you missed the 3 o'clock hour, hour one of Mackie and Judd, where Manny and Judd had John Krasinski, we're going we're gonna to play back John Krasinski in the 5 o'clock hour, toward the bottom half of the 5 o'clock hour, and Doogie. So Doogie... Floated to you guys that Car- if you're wondering oh, what led to Jimmy Butler demanding a trade and why has Carl Anthony Towns been sitting on this max extension and hasn't signed it yet, the season starts very soon, right? So apparently Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler are on such bad terms, such irreparable terms right now, that Cat won't sign the contract and or won't, I don't know if it's to the point where he won't report for practice or whatever, unless Jimmy Butler is off the roster. Yeah, and Jimmy is agreeing to the point where he just wants to be traded right now. That's where <laughs> things are at. If that's wow. Butler's pro, who Man. knows, dude? But yes, that that because uh, I said, can you? I asked Doogie. I said, can you put to start training camp, Butler and Cat on the same floor as teammates? And he said, not nah, really. Yeah. Do you think? Okay, let's go back to the question. I don't think it's a guarantee that Tom Thibodeau trades Jimmy Butler. In fact, in fact, if left up to his own devices in mind, if yeah. there, if there, if you know, and, and Glenn Taylor, God bless him, he is a he is a bottom five professional sports owner. He's a terrible owner in terms of hiring and you know, building a successful franchise. He just hasn't been able to. Flip Saunders is the only thing that's ever been good about this franchise from a leadership perspective. But I think even Glenn Taylor has the sense to step in. And prevent Carl Anthony Towns from being traded, right? Because if you if you leave Tom Thibodeau up to his own mind, he would rather trade. I think Carl Anthony Towns than Jimmy Butler. Tibbs is going to be fired. I think the question is when, and I think that decision is very much up to Tibbs. Do you think he's fired this week? Do you think he's allowed if to he trade says, Jimmy Butler? If Glenn, if, if if he does not trade Jimmy Butler sometime soon, then. I, I think if you're Glenn Taylor, I think you do have to step in and pull the plug. I think you ask him twice. I really do. I think you ask him twice. You say, we need to trade him. And he says, I don't know about that, Glenn. I don't know. And he leaves and you call him back in tomorrow. And then he said, you got to trade him. And he said, and if he balks again, I think he, I think you have to fire him. He's fi- I think he is fired no matter what. Yeah. So, the, so yeah. he picks the terms of the date. Uh, under what circumstance? There, there is no circumstance in which he would retain his job. Yeah, I could see because it's so close to the season here, and you're just in such a self-induced bad spot that you would go in with this wildly uncomfortable scenario, and maybe it even includes Jimmy Butler holding out from camp or something until they finalize this. Yeah, the only way I think Tom Thibodeau could possibly keep his job is if okay, you trade Butler, and then you go into this season. He coaches this season, and they somehow by some basketball by some miracle from basketball gods they make the playoffs that's the only way that's the only scenario where i could maybe see tom thibodeau keeping his job there's no way it gets that far right well that's just just can't get that far that's just it i mean if you trade jimmy butler they are a non-playoff team yeah if they trade jimmy butler yep regardless of what they get back in return because 
let's be real here. Even if you go into the season with this roster as it's currently constructed with Jimmy Butler on it, they're going to be in a fight to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They're going to be in a dogfight. I feel like people laughed at this show when we brought up months ago, right after the season was over. We brought up, should they trade Jimmy Butler? Let's look ahead at the Western Conference. LeBron's in the Western Conference, and Golden State ain't going anywhere. And At the time, I think Houston's taking a step back this offseason, but at the time, Houston was the best team in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. And I mean, You're not going to you're not gonna win anything meaningful this year, and if there's no guarantees he comes back, shouldn't you be shopping him to the Lakers? And I feel like the general response was, oh, you guys are just, it's cla- classic that. panic mode, right? Yeah, well. It's a very realistic question to ask this today. Do you trust Scott Layden to trade Butler? Because that might be what it comes down to here. And Scott Layden's history with the Knicks ain't exactly good. But this he's I don't think Layden gets shown the door immediately with Tibbs because somebody has to run the basketball op. Ops. Ryan Saunders, you're in charge of everything. <laughs> Come on down. He might be coaching this team. 651-646-8255. Rich Gannon in about a half hour from now. Mark and Hopkins, who are you most irritated with with this Wolves fiasco? You know, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the fact that uh, Glenn Taylor, you know, kind of started this all, if you if you really think about it, if that's true, that Jimmy wanted to rework his contract and get more money, that, uh, that could have been available this year if we decided not to give Andrew Wiggins that contract extension last summer, so uh, yeah, that, you know, may, may improve it, and then we would have seen, oh, he's probably not worth being a max player, so that money may have been available, so you, you can't ever blame, or take out Glenn Taylor from the conversation. Uh, but I would definitely say, you know, this has got to fall on tips. I mean, like Johnny K said, this is such an indictment on um, his relationship with Jimmy, the fact that Jimmy is now saying, I can't deal with this anymore. I don't care if Tibbs has been my guy for this long. I got to get out of here. That's, that's such a huge indictment. And, yeah, it could have been done earlier in June, but I think that has to be orchestrated by Tom Thibodeau. He's running the pa- basketball operations. He is the coach. He's, he's got to orchestrate something like this so that it doesn't happen a week before training camp. Yeah, Mark and Hopkins, that's a good point. When he brought up the, the, the just – this uh, this idea of Tom Thibodeau and Jimmy Butler attached at the hip, and now Jimmy Butler has turned around and said, actually, no, no, we're not. I want to be traded. It's like that dude, uh, that Ellis guy from Die Hard. It's like, hey, I negotiate million-dollar deals for breakfast. Hey, Bobby. And then like five seconds later, bang. Actually, no, you're, <laughs> you're our, our relationship isn't what you thought. Uh, yeah, this is just... Uh, this is just a mess. What do you? Here's another question. Maybe we pose this when we come back. What's the best-case scenario... In six to twelve months from now, I mean contraction, ha, ha, contraction, contraction of, of the franchises. No, the best case scenario. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've watched this team oh, since nineteen eighty nine. How do they come out of this? Not smelling like roses because that's impossible. But how do they come out of this in some position to put something meaningful together with Carl Anthony Towns going forward? <laughs> or is Judd right? It's just just send him to Seattle. Hold it up. Send him to Seattle. Uh, now, back to Mackie and Judd. Hello, boy. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. So what do you think? <laughs> it's pretty cool, I guess. On 1500 ESPN. Quick look at your traffic here in the TCL Broadcast Studios at 1500 ESPN. 35E southbound. We have a crash slowing things down by about six minutes. 
That's uh, between 10th Street and uh, Kellogg Boulevard in St. Paul. So look out for a crash there. Also, 694 westbound. We have a crash uh, slowing things down by about five or six minutes uh, between 252 and uh, exit 35B. That's in Brooklyn Center. Look out for a crash there. Thank you, Manny. Did you say look out for a crash in front of the uh, Mayo Clinic Square area, too? Or is that just a towering fire? I already used that one at three o'clock. Did you? I said there's another accident to report. (laughs) Target Center. Look out. (laughs) So, okay, I know what Judd's answer is, which is, oh, Timberwolves will be playing home games in Seattle. Ah, (laughs) Key Arena deserves a team. But what, what in 12 months... Now that Jimmy Butler has demanded a trade and Tom Thibodeau is probably going to get fired and here we are back to square one and Andrew Wiggins has a massive contract that's about to kick in here for the season. What is the best case scenario for the Timberwolves 12 months from now? What, th- what can they make out with? I think 12 months from now, I, I, I think you're looking at Towns and Wiggins still being on the roster. Um, I don't think Taj Gibson is here. Um, I think there is a new head coach in place and I think there is a new... Um, personnel decision maker in place that will be a different person than the head coach. It will be two different people. Do you think it's Tom Thibodeau? I don't think Tom Thibodeau will be a part of the organization at all. I agree. 12 months from now. He might not be two weeks from now with how things are going. Mm -hmm. I think the best case is you finally hit a reset button and it works. You find somebody to run this thing. You know, I mean, you've gone from, besides Flip, David Kahn. Who was suggested by whom? David Stern, which still makes no sense. Worst personnel man in the history of sports. Sure. So, my personal opinion. So now you've gone to Tibbs, who was identified largely, I believe, by Corn Ferry, the consultant group. So the best. I love how they needed a they, they needed a freaking consultant group to hire Tom Thibodeau. Think about how inept that is, Glenn Taylor. So the best case now is you hit you again have hit the reset button. You obviously still have talents here. And you do it with an executive and a coach who are competent. See, I think the best case scenario involves trade partners that aren't listed, if this report is right, that the three teams on Jimmy Butler's trade wish list, the Clippers, the Nets, and the Knicks, and you're not going to get Porzingis. So the the Knicks make some sense if you compare Porzingis and Butler, and then if they have room for a third guy, and now all of a sudden you got Kyrie, and you got Jimmy, and you got Porzingis, and now you're viable in a LeBron James-less Eastern Conference, but... The best case scenario to me would be if you could get a hold of the Lakers and get either Brandon Ingram or Kyle Kuzma in a deal straight up and come away with a good young piece to put with Carl Anthony Towns. And if you're going to keep Andrew Wiggins, so be it. That would be awesome. Uh, Denver was a name on this hoops hype list from yesterday. Mm-hmm. And Denver's got two or three, Jamal Murray, uh, Gary Harris. If you could come away with Will a player Barton. like that, yes. Even just a straight up one for one deal, you'd have to make the salaries work out. I get that. That would be a winning scenario for the Wolves in 12 months. A first-round draft pick is, is really, really hard to sell just based on the history of this franchise and <laughs> and how you know people. You've already got two number one overall picks on your roster. I think people want something more tangible and something that's already a little bit more established. If you're if you make a deal with the Knicks, if you can get if you can find a way to get Kevin Knox back, I'm I'm cool with that. I think Kevin Knox is going to the the rookie from Kentucky who was really good in summer league. If you can find a way to get him back, and I would think you would probably want maybe a couple more pieces, you know, I don't know, Courtney Lee or something like that, just to match salaries and everything. But I think if you can find a way to do that, because I think Kevin Knox is going to be a pretty good player. The problem so. is 
that Doogie and Johnny both flat out said that they've been told that Tibbs does not want to trade Butler. Yeah. So now you've just you, so guys, we've just and if got, that's the case, you, you well, if but, you're Glenn Taylor, you have to pull the plug right now. I agree, but we just need to get we're we're not even talking about the train leaving the station. We're we're talking about the train starting to turn its wheels on the tracks. I can just envision Tom Thibodeau clinging to Jimmy Butler's pant leg. No, no, no. no. Jimmy, stay here. Uh, let's take one more call on this before we get to the football hour with Matthew Collar. And then later on, if you miss John Krasinski from The Athletic, who has all kinds of inside information about this and strong opinions, we're going to replay that in about 30 minutes. But uh, Jeff in Texas, go ahead. So here's the scene I want to paint for you. It's out of a Seinfeld episode, many Seinfeld episodes, where you're looking at the back of Steinbrenner's head, <laughs> except it's the back of Silverman's head. And sitting in two chairs is Kerr and Pop and maybe uh, maybe Kobe's in the room and they're talking about how to make the NBA better or whatever. And then his secretary says, Mr. Silverman, I've got Glenn Taylor on the phone. Okay, patch him through. Patches him through. Hey, Mr. Silverman, I'm just looking for a coach, a GM. Do you have somebody in mind? And he says, uh, uh, yeah, why don't you go get Tibbs? And the other guys are uncontrollably trying to stop themselves from laughing. And he hangs up the phone, and then the room just blows up with uncontrollable laughter. So that's who screwed this up with Silverman sending them. Adam, Adam Silver, is that what you're talking about? Thanks for the call, Jeff. But And it was David Stern. David Stern. On David that, Stern and it was Con. David Kahn. Yeah, David Kahn was hired on the suggestion of David Stern to Glenn Taylor when Glenn didn't have any viable candidates. But the point about Glenn Taylor being a bad owner and everyone laughing is definitely correct. I agree with the the 30,000-foot premise. Here we are, boys. We had that one one shot at glory, baby. Game 82 against the Denver Nuggets. We're always going to have that one magical night. Yeah. Just uh, and if they had unreal. lost that, and if they had lost that game, there could have been significant changes which could have benefited you. Actually, that is a wonderful butterfly effect point. If they had lost that game, and if the rumors Johnny K Doogie were both hearing some similar steam that if they didn't make the playoffs, it would have been a lot easier for Glenn Taylor to pull the trigger on that move. So if, if all of that would have gone down in you would May, kept, you would have kept your draft pick that you owed Atlanta. You still would have had to trade Jimmy Butler though, because yep. the strife with Carl Anthony Towns went to Ben there. But you could have had the lead up to the draft. Man. And you might have an executive in place who is qualified to trade Butler, which right now you don't. Otherwise, things are great. Things are great. (laughs) Matthew Collar is going to join us for the 5 o'clock football hour. Rich Gannon will be part of that. What's your best tease for us, Matthew? What's going to happen in the next 30 minutes or so? So after grinding the film for endless hours yesterday, I've come away with a conclusion about John Filippo. That's next. Don't go anywhere. Assume the position. More Mackie and Judd coming up next on 1500 ESPN.